into the ground. We're back. Another week. Another guest. Uh, this week we got master hairstylist, bi-coastal elite, and uh, renowned model, Elena Maravellius. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you guys? We're good. You forgot the fourth thing. Dude. Yeah, the come on. Thing. We talked about uh, this. Yeah, yeah. Yes, music. Known <laughs> n- fame music hobbyist. Oh, I was going biatch. Oh, but biatch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Elena, what's up? What's up, guys? Where are you right now? I'm in my room. It looks like a... Looks, my friend says it's like a time capsule of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like an adult room. You is got a smashing a, pumpkins. Uh, yeah, it was like is that a record? melancholy uh, poster? Yeah. Oh my god, that's you're, amazing. You're speaking Andrew's language. That that this is a lava lamp. Is it? <laughs> now you're speaking lava my language. Lamps, lava lamps are sort of intimidating to me. If I can be wait, honest. wait, wait. Like, you need to expand on yeah, that. No, no, no. It's fine because I'm sure other people feel the same way, and I don't want to trigger <laughs> anybody. But if you think about it. Trigger warning, lava lamp like, content. What's, what's the heat generated inside that lava lamp, do you think? Uh, it's not more than like a light bulb, probably like a a 60 watt light bulb. I think they're literally mm. heated with a light bulb. Well, if you want to be less intimidated, check this out. This piece of shit is actually like a sticker that they put over it. It's not even like the color of the balls. I got it on Amazon. So I think I think weird. this brings me to my first point this evening. Yeah. Why why are people selling us consumer goods trying to fuck us? Like that's a bullshit lava lamp. I feel bad. I'm a 36-year-old woman looking for lava lamps online. I deserve no, but it. But like I think that you deserve the best in the world, if I can be honest here. Thank you. Um I remember do you Advocate remember Andrew the, over here. Do you remember the lava light? Um the lava light pavilion inside of all uh Spencer's gifts? Like oh, there the were little, like a row of twelve of them, almost sometimes like behind Best like a, a slightly beaded curtain, also near the uh, the black light posters. Man, if I can do all those and the wait, and the t- they had Spencer's? those right. I, I think they were called personal massagers. You know, uh, were they? Yeah, I think so. Not that that's I know anything I call, about that. That's what, I, that's what I call them in the office. So <laughs> it makes sense, I guess. Personal rub and tugs. Oh <laughs> man, I. You know what? I'm pro. We're pro rub and tug around. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I feel like Dan's so, like, "How do we get out of this?" I'm trying to dig <laughs> us out of this hole. <laughs> yeah, it's way too early in the episode for this. Um, the <laughs> no, the thing is, uh, with you, you said you got like kind of kind of screwed over on the lava lamp situation. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm like one of those people that like no matter what I'm buying. I like Google like what is the best of blank no matter what like yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're just flying <laughs> by the seat of your pants just first yeah. thing in the search terms you're going for you're not reading reviews wow no. what, what's that like <laughs> what's like, it like uh, to be that chaotic I uh, yeah like that's bravery if I can be honest <laughs> I'm I'm someone who's like very laid back but also like very well informed with any purchase I'm gonna make you know so if I'm looking for lava lamps, I'm you know, gonna find out like I want the the like 
BuzzFeed top 10 lava la- lava lamps, you know, available on the market. Like, there's got to be a listicle it's somewhere. True. Not for nothing, but it doesn't look like you have that much stuff in your room, so... I mean, I try to keep it... That uh, might be why. <laughs> I mean, I got some plants. I got some photos. I have, like, a secondary room, which is where all the, the clutter happens. The bedroom, the bedroom remains pretty pretty tidy uh but the other one has like all my camera gear and my books and my clothes and so it's it's all a show it's all facade <laughs> okay <laughs> andrew tell cool me facade. what you got going on what like around me oh no you're you're like floating off in space at the no, moment i'm great you you are so, i can hear it in your voice in you're like you're like sliding off into the ether no, we're good. I'm tell this is gonna be a, a top ten episode. Um <laughs> what do I have going on? I'm in severe dental pain right now. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> and and the sadness of coming back from being away for ten days. So that's that's what I have going on. Come, coming back where? So we went on a family vacation to Ocean City, New Jersey, which is exactly as glamorous as it sounds. The, it's better uh, than Ocean City, Maryland. Oh my god, literally everything is better than Ocean City, <laughs> Except for the uh, the location of the Promise Ring record cover. Wasn't that Ocean think City, about, Maryland? Yeah. Think That's about only reason I the go. amount of like insufferable human beings that like... Like, is there an Instagram line to take a picture of that corner now? I don't think so. Maybe now that they didn't they just announce uh that just like announced it. Twenty fifth anniversary thing. So maybe maybe they'll reinsight. It can't be worse than the fucking uh American football house though. Can't. Elena, do you care about the promise ring? Uh I do. I I just don't think there would be a line for that. No. But the American football house though. Imagine living in any like like niche landmark. Like, like having to house? deal with like like the what house like the or a haunted house or yeah. white house yeah the white house <laughs> where do you think I am you even ask me yeah right this is the Oval Office oh, man, clearly the Oval Office looks dank I can definitely picture uh, yeah. Joe Biden staring longingly into an Amazon lava lamp for for hours on end <laughs> while he, like, Kamala steers the ship. <laughs> Did you send me that meme? The the real like of of him with the pen? (laughs) Oh, the Obama one? No, I did not. But it's so bad. Uh, So, Elena, where is your room in the Oval Office? Uh, it's in New York City. Okay. Yeah. Financial district. Oh, where all the money happens. Yeah, my doorman. Definitely know my name because there's only one way to stand out, and that's not be in finance. (laughs) (laughs) And I know they're so curious what I do for a living, and I just like I'm always rolling out with luggage and like I don't know. I I, they must wonder what I do. I just don't tell them. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, right off the bat, I mean, what made you want to live in the financial district in New York? It's it's a weird. A weird neighborhood for a hip, a hip young lady hip, like yourself. Well, yeah. Uh. Well, you know, I kind of got tired of living in shitholes with like a ton of roommates and bugs and all the shit you deal with in New York. And uh, I was 
living in LA during the pandemic and I wanted to come back home and it was like the cheapest rent here. I, I really? thought it was fake. I, I thought Get it was like a fake here. ad. It was like, oh, you have a rooftop and doorman and a gym and the laundry room. And I'm like, bullshit. So <laughs> it wasn't. And oh now they're God. stuck with me. Because I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Did you sign one of those weird like pandemic leases that are like four years lock in the price? Two years? Okay, because I know a lot of people who are like, that's coming home to roost now, and it's like, oh yeah, we signed the pen. It was the same thing with the, um, remember when the L was supposed to be down for like three oh, years, yeah. Oh, yeah. and all of a sudden, like, Williamsburg rent just like went down the toilet, and they could, they were like, oh, if you sign up for a two-year lease, like, we'll give you five months free or something crazy, and then they ended up not, like, it took like six months to fix the tunnel. <laughs> Yeah, well, also the building itself is like rent uh stabilized. What? So, I know I know when I get like a 70 something page lease that that means that there's some stabilization there. So I was like, are you kidding me? Did I just like hit the jackpot? Yeah, I feel like Zach did, and did Cody like pottery? Yeah, Zach and Cody's sweet life. A <laughs> 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 regular wizard of Waverly Place over here. Yeah. Uh <laughs> wizard of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what, yeah, because the downtown, like, dumps out in the middle of the night, no- like, there's not not much going on down there. I think, yeah. like, now that China Chalet's gone, I mean, what's what's even left to, to party at downtown? Well, I mean, you could just go anywhere else pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like, ten, ten minutes, you're in the East Village, like, there's always something going on there. That's true. Do you go to concert? I know. I mean, I, this is a stupid question because I know that you go to a ton of concerts, <laughs> maybe more than anybody else I know, uh, which is partially, I think, how we met. How did we actually meet? I don't remember. We met. Dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel know. like it's been forever, but uh, I mean, you lived in Jersey City for a bit, right? Yeah, I don't think that was it. No, I think we met through people who lived in Jersey City, but like after you had moved out of Jersey City. Yeah, someone probably croaked and I met you at a funeral. I don't know. Holy shit. <laughs> That's how I meet most people. That's probably yeah. how you got that apartment. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> up. Keep that a secret. Oh, man. Yeah, let me know if there's any uh, any openings. <laughs> it's having there a roof be. deck. Sounds how amazing. Much is it worth it? to you? I mean, I, mean, I want to make friends with the doorman. You would. You'd be such a doorman punisher. <laughs> what kind of relationship do you have? Sorry, with your doorman. Well, like, I know that one chat? of them. Not too much. There's like a mutual respect, I think. Like, I don't talk to them like assholes, like some of the other people in this building. Right. And I'll do my snarky little, like, rolling my eyes at the people that live there. Like, they're like, my fire alarm's going off. What do I do? They're like, we don't know. Or like, <laughs> yeah, the doorman, fucking- the door folk. But the one dude, like, he's definitely, like, an ex-hardcore dude. Like, his suit kind of covers his sleeves, but I I could just tell. I'm like, Uh, this guy and I would get along on music, for sure. We just haven't crossed that line yet. How do you cross that line? Have you thought about how to cross that line? Um, I mean, normally I would just start asking, but I feel like... I also, there's times I'll want to come home and like not talk. Or what if like I go to pick up my mail and it's a record and he's like, oh, what record is it today? Like maybe I'll be like PMSing. Maybe right. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I guess that is hard to, uh, 
to cross that employer employee relationship well, no i guess not that's not the that. relationship but it's like sort of yeah you got right? an hoa well, like over Larry there david moment it's like dude what if i'm here for 10 years and i have to talk right. every single time i come in and out the door like i can't do that no. yeah you can't uh you can't put the toothpaste back in that tube you know yeah <laughs> I mean, you it's just a, it's a problem that has never crossed my mind, and now I can't think of anything else. But <laughs> what would think, you do? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think that I am a natural talker, and I would and I would humiliate myself talking about like the the mundane nature of my life. I would bring them coffee in the morning because that's the kind of guy I am. push your taste on the other people that's what i'm saying i think like i don't know i i just have never thought about being in that position yeah i've never yeah i don't know i feel like i would just be like hell yeah another person to tell my stories to who's has to listen (laughs) much like this podcast can you imagine (laughs) holding someone hostage like that Oh man. So I went to go get the lunch special. And the special was more expensive than the menu. <laughs> I got this lava lamp and yeah. like the bubbles aren't colored. The sticker is. Oh, you know? I do still think that's funny. I'm not so ready wait, to so do you, get off the lava lamp topic. Yet? Do no. you do um like Christmas gifts? Is it that oh, kind yeah. of situation? Yeah, like I'll give them like water when I get my friend's water company like they'll come through and bring me a bunch of cases i'll like throw them some and oh nice i do nice by, things here and there give them by your friend's water company Christmas. you mean nice. liquid death right yeah wait <laughs> is that for real yeah you're helping your doorman murder their thirst yeah i do I'm a, I'm a accomplice <laughs> can i accomplice tell to you, murder can i tell you um i have been drinking a lot of liquid death and i almost feel held hostage by this the the uh royal farms across the street from my house um has their own like store brand plain seltzer and if that's out which it almost always is i have to reach for the liquid death sparkling can and like i might be a convert it's good water it's I, it it's reminds like a heavy me, seltzer but i like it it reminds me of like the tour water from like the the warp tour days yeah. the monster tour water yeah i, I think that was the first time i ever had monster in general was like at warp tour do you and know why always... that was good why why i'll tell you tell us well maybe not for you guys because you were probably playing so False. you were probably playing and getting the water for free very not true for me well for me it was like i was a kid and that shit was like eight dollars so to me true. that was like so so to me it was like whoa like someone gave me one got one for free like yeah this is the best water i'm so thirsty and sell them right they They didn't give the artist they didn't sell them they sold them oh did i don't think they sold the tour water yeah i I think it was like poland spring for the most part at least on the the regular water yeah Uh, i think the tour water because like you know food service contracts being what they are i doubt that like that's an approved vendor for everybody right yeah, and Andrew's a professional in the food service vendor industry. Anyway, He's right. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why I went that way. <laughs> no, I Alina, like it. Give us we want Alina, the professional explanations here. Let's lighten this up. Dan's making it heavy. Um <laughs> Do you want to hear about why yes. I'm shadow banned on Instagram? Yes. Anyone cares? That that's the one. <laughs> that's okay. No justice of the president's dead. So I'm like a bully. 
uh, and I violated the guidelines for hate speech and bullying. Mm-hmm. I'm a piece of shit, basically. Uh, and so if you go into this certain part of your profile, you can find out what infractions you made. Okay. Uh, so Did you get like a warning? Years, or is this just current? This is current. So I'll have like a new client. They'll be like, oh, it's your Instagram. And I'll tell them. And you have to search my entire name, which is super hard to say or spell. And even then, sometimes my profile doesn't come up. So oh my God. one of like my younger clients was like, yo, you're shadow banned. I'm like, what? So then I looked at my <laughs> engagement and I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, I kind of am. Like nobody's on my shit. Like, what did I do? So one time, like I uh, call myself an Egyptian whore. <laughs> you can't do As that. one does. <laughs> <laughs> and then another time, my friend had a lizard on his porch and like, I told him to shoot it. And so he took a picture of him with two guns pointed at the lizard. And I was like, you know, get another gun or something. So that was another thing I did. Lizard <laughs> violence. Damn. And, okay. uh, and I oh, thought I knew you. I called a friend a hot bitch. Mm. And I'm not allowed to do that either. <laughs> but she was being a hot bitch. You know... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Any of that stuff like doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, so much of that stuff is just like computer algorithms that like search that stuff out, and there's no like discretion or like room for any sort of nuance, you know, because a computer doesn't pick that up. And then there's like no one to talk to to try to get that stuff back, you know. There's no one to talk to. There's no one to yeah, talk there's to. No, except you're, the doorman. You're, you're telling me there's 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 no justice because there's no like human customer service. For yeah. Oh, media? have you tried to like find Never. a phone number for a business anymore? Like it's impossible to get someone on well, the phone. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up like learning to like yell your way through an issue like that oh i love it like my dad would be fucking screaming at people and he'd always get whatever he wanted right so oh sorry guys i had to get wine delivered because i i i had to i'll have my sister get it uh anyway so yeah you can't even fucking scream at anyone anymore like (laughs) that's the real injustice here exactly (laughs) you can't well that's i don't know it's very funny because like people are also so like weird about being on the phone nowadays yeah. And like like I've definitely like dated people before who are it's like, oh, like we should, you know we should get like a reservation. like I don't know, we should we should go online and try to get a reservation for a restaurant. I'm like or like, oh check if we I, I can't tell if they're open or not. Like Google says they are, but Yelp says they're not. And it's like, well, let me just call them. And they're like, What? What do you mean call them? And I'm like, What do you mean? Like it's so easy to use the phone and get someone on the other line at like a restaurant to answer whether they're open or not. Or when they open, and so it's do you like, want to know that noise you just heard? Did you yeah. hear that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna Uh-oh. show you. Okay, we're going on a little trip. She took her headphones Take out so she can't hear us. Trip. Take a little trip. Take a little. Is that the Alkaline Trio? Uh, hot water music split right there. I don't know. You it should is. ask her. You're analyzing her room while she's gone. The delivery driver was trying to call me, and my Bart Simpson phone was ringing. <laughs> you're 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 speaking our language for sure. Is so, that the one like, you I just got, got right? Yeah, but and like you it's old. To your, it's from. You said your friend has a Garfield phone as well, right? Yeah. So like, it's wow. this little receptor that you could put 
the phone jack of any landline phone, like new, old, doesn't matter. And then you also plug in like your phone and then connect it. And then anytime your phone's nearby, uh, it'll show me who's calling on my iPhone, but I could pick it up from here. Wow. We got to get <laughs> yeah. sponsored by them. <laughs> the game changer. Oh my God. What a, this, this podcast is already out of control. The <laughs> Andrew, what were you saying before when she got up and you're, you're analyzing her, her bedroom? No, I just, I couldn't tell. It looked like the, that alkaline trio hot water split behind you, but I oh, couldn't, can't really see it, is. it well. It oh, is. Okay. I just got it. Yeah. Oh my God. Andrew's such a lurker. Well, wow. no, I, it's a, it's a memorable cause the, cause it's such a stupid, um, like the design wow. is done. Imagine when that record showed up, you could have talked to your, your tour man about it. Exactly. You should totally, you should about. totally like try to grab his arm and grow his sleeve up, like like someone would do to like a woman with their tattoos. Like, oh my and god, it's what's just, this like, about? Swastikas, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! Can we, talk, can we talk about that split real quick? I'm yeah. now thinking, uh, that split's amazing. That has Queen of Pain on it, right? Um, yeah. it's got they cover rooftops and radio. Like a lot of the uh, Remains album stuff. Did you mm -hmm. ever have that one? Oh, yeah. I have that on CD somewhere. Yeah, all my like, records and CDs are here. But uh, yeah, this was the re-release they just did. So pretty was, sick. Who did that? Was that Jade Tree? Jade Tree. Wow. I don't, you we guys, talk about Jade Tree on this podcast a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about it. I, I posed the question to uh, Tom Mullen. Uh, Tom you can respond whenever you want uh, <laughs> the balls in your court if if uh epitaph was the right landing spot for the jade tree legacy that's a good question um i would say they have the resources for it to at least yeah, like get distribution is, out you know i'm talking aesthetically oh aesthetically no <laughs> but <laughs> resource wise yeah you're really stuck on like how that record looks I agree. I, I think I think it could be uh, nicer. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's memorable. You know what I mean? It looks like a photocopy. The uh, the band logos are are small in the corner. You know, you just guys, not what I want out of an emo punk record. Did you guys and, uh, uh, check out the Spanish love songs cover of "We've Had Enough"? No, no. Ooh, it's actually really good. Mm. Possibly better than the Alkaline Trio version actually Which, really good that's my favorite uh, shit when someone's like yeah. paying a compliment but it's like yeah i mean it uh, cover songs are very hit or miss you know yeah. and you're gonna offend somebody somehow in some way so i think saying it's actually pretty good that they pulled it off i mean i can't think of many other alkaline trio covers but i also don't necessarily go looking for them so what are some of your guys favorite covers oh my god i was about to ask you the same question you go first me yeah <laughs> okay i like the unseen painted black oh, it's so good it rips because i don't like the original song even no. i like um shit i didn't even really think of this when i posed it <laughs> but i think that's probably my favorite cover uh mm. fuck there was another one that came out recently. I did hear uh, 
what band did losing my religion oh. by rem it was oh. like um not joyce was it joyce manor no it was uh fuck i'm looking it up nobody worry <laughs> thank goodness okay. uh horribly unprepared wait I the was... wonder years oh right uh, yeah i mean Friends it's not one of my favorites but it's a good recent it's one that i heard such a good cover i i well, like it when it's, bands... it's, believe it or not if you look up if you look up losing my religion the wonder years is above rem <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i i feel like i used to back in the, like kazaa days would like just google probably even the napster days just google like like punk covers and just download it would be like the like the gold finger cover of like 99 red balloons <laughs> or whatever oh, yeah. it was like that early Wait, weird cut, cut the tension you found glory oh uh, that, that's, I mean, that's another a good great one. one that's a good one uh well, that, I, I think my favorite cover i know we talked we've been talking about them a lot um recently zoloff the rock and roll destroyer covering smashing pumpkins set the rate of jerry oh i, I listened to that semi recently which was a b-sides only song so it's just yeah, that, like triple pretentious cut that I love. I'll so check much it about. out, but <laughs> it's that's so an ambitious cover. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know better. I don't think it's better. I mean, you know, whatever. But it's very, very good. I mean, I do love, guys- I love when bands cut, uh, like when they do splits and each one covers like each other's songs. I love right. that. Like, um, that's how it should be. Yeah, I think it's fun. Like, uh, the one yeah. that comes to mind for me. Uh well didn't coalesce and get up kids do that which is awesome yes. yeah that's good. great and I love the Alexa Shout out song to my main homie Big Ed Rose <laughs> uh the um Alexis on fire Monine split is that super good is that, that's those are two bands that I don't think I want to hear cover each other <laughs> no it's it's shockingly good I think um. I think Monine covered Accidents on Purpose and Alexis on Fire covered Passing of America. Mm. And uh it's they're both really well done. But they're also like I mean, I, I actually really like Monine. I think Monine is horrifically underrated. Yeah, they had sure. like three that one record. They had three fucking good records. Yeah, but it's really just the one. <laughs> which which one? Uh if we're really happy, that one. Uh, is that is that the one? That's is that the, the actual title. I mean, uh, it's the title of the song from it. That's <laughs> oh, enough, that's right? certainly true. Um, Have I landed adjacent? No, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Are we really happy with who we are right now? Right, right. Um, so that's a great record. Everything else is fine. So, theory of harmonial value, excellent underdog, and then yeah, are we really happy? Then the Switcheroo series with Alexis on fire. And then the red tree, like the that streak is fantastic, mm. really good. Uh, it was a weird time for music. It was. I remember getting into Monine around the same time that like May was a band. Yes, mm, that first May record like, is fantastic. Yeah, that first May record is great, but it's got that same like. Yeah, just all the audio is so so compressed and so smashed. Yeah, no. It's like like 80s rewind, kind of like Juliana theory, like that same like weird tier of of emo. Um, yeah, I I think Monine's worth a re-listen for a lot of people. I think I think it's worth checking out. I haven't listened to that record for a very long time. 
Yeah. I'll try it again and I'll listen to the other ones. It's probably something that I, I remember liking a couple songs and then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I think yeah, at the maybe... time I was listening to like a lot of the militia group bands back right. in the day. Did you care about Copeland? No, I never got in the Copeland. Kind of. I liked Copeland. A I, lot. I went to a show. I think I forget who was playing. It might have been the uh, what was it? The secret handshake show that I, we talked about with Fred. And I think Copeland played that. And I remember being in the front row, like yawning during Copeland. <laughs> and I think the, the piano player got very upset with me. <laughs> yeah, but it probably wasn't the first time. It's when honest. I got called like... out. I got called out for yawning at a Dragon Force show by the, the guitar player. <laughs> oh my God. I Shit. went to see Dragon Force at Electric Factory. Um, because Horse the Band was opening for them. And I went specifically to see Horse the Band and not Dragon Force. And literally I I was I I was yawning during the guitar solo and what Herman Lee, I think is the guitarist's name. He literally sees me in the crowd yawning, points at me, and I'm like, What? And then he like does the upside down hands glasses thing and points at me and then makes the little sleepy sound. <laughs> like while he's doing crazy shit with his like tapping his guitar and i'm like i don't know dude like i'm not here for horse the band but uh literally everyone besides like six people during horse the band set turned their backs to horse the band and flipped them off (laughs) well it's philly i know well apparently protest the hero (laughs) opened for uh opened for dragon force like the tour before and also the dragon force fans like booed them off the stage do Dragon I mean, Force fans only like Dragon Force? Apparently so. Also, also, it came out not long after that Dragon Force was like playing guitar to a backing track. <laughs> so, <laughs> who's who, who are the real musicians here? Where's the band? The most prolific DIY touring group of all time, or or Dragon Force? That's a question for the crowd. I don't. I don't know who Dragon Force is. Oh my um, god! It's bullshit. I think he called him Dragging Force. Dragging Force. Yeah, dragging, dragging. dragging Force is a good ass name. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I have an idea, and I want you guys to get in on the ground floor of it. I want you to be the doorman of my idea. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> I think that this is our perfect opportunity to start a joke podcast band called Dragging Force. Dragging Force. <laughs> what, what kind of music are we playing? I'm thinking like, like a crust style. Yeah, D noise. D beat with breakdowns. <laughs> Perfect. I'm in. <laughs> so uh you mentioned a get up kid split, and I had mm. to show this because this is like my most recent uh purchase. I did not know this existed. It's a get up kids rocket from the crypt split. Oh, right. What wow. the fuck? Uh-huh. I didn't know this existed. And I haven't even listened to good. it yet. They're good. Uh-huh. So how is it? Are they covering each other's songs or I don't think they cover each other's songs on that. That would be but... crazy. I, I love that like every guest we've had on this podcast like shows us their record collection at some point. <laughs> every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do it to my door, man, so I'm gonna do it to you. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I that's totally fair. Them. But yeah, the uh I'm trying to think of other good covers. Oh, I didn't I didn't even say my cover. Um uh I actually I really love the Shy Halud cover of Linoleum. That is like my pump up song. I remember hearing it in a Bales portion of a snowboarding video when I was a kid, and I'm like, this shit rules. 
It was also the first time I heard 15, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. California My favorites. Sharona number 12 looks like uh, you. That, that's also How a classic. I not yeah. mention that. Also a classic. Um, I would put that on at like the bowling alley on like the the ju- the internet jukebox, and people would be super stoked and then be super bummed. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All in a matter of like thirty seconds. So good. Fuck, I miss I miss number twelve. I know they're still technically around, but not not the same. Elena, did you grow up in Jersey? Where are you from yeah, originally? Jersey. What part of Jersey? Uh, I grew up in Bergen County, and I left there at like twelve, and then. We moved around a lot growing up, so okay. like very. I think I went to like four high schools, mm. and Damn. just like a lot of towns in Jersey, mostly north, but uh, all over. Were Were you like a military brat, or were your parents like notorious scammers that had to skip town all the time? <laughs> Good question. Uh, no, just middle class. You know, my dad was a laborer, so we kind of like uh fixed houses back when the market was good for that like yeah. make money and then slowly move up nice in life so, so where where necessity. else besides jersey have you been uh like lived yeah oh uh philly delaware la long beach uh elkton maryland for a hot second oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah uh, andrew currently lives in maryland well, Maryland's vast. I live I live in Baltimore City. Nice. So do you uh what do you think of my pick for uh my my chosen record? I didn't know they were from Baltimore until about six months ago. Yeah, they're <laughs> from like a suburb, but yeah. No, I um I knew nothing about this band until uh one of my friends works for them. So that's the only reason I knew anything about that band. Except for now that it's fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. Like they play turnstile at O's games. It's insane. What um Elena, what uh did you like when you were moving around? Did you go to shows? And like when did you start getting into it? Uh because like I said, you you go to probably more shows than I uh well certainly more than me, that's for sure. But yeah, more than most people I know. Like how did yeah. you get involved in that world? Especially like moving around, did you got from like scene to scene? Did you like how did you like break into the local shows like while being yeah. like the new person Violently. in town? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With force, kick down the door. You broke the glass ceiling of the of the punk show with dragging force. With dragging That's force. how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know, from you grew up in Jersey, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You know, we had all ages shows. We had lots of venues for that. There was like Hamilton Street, Birch Hill, Bloomfield Ave Cafe. I'm 36, so like I'm making the references for like that that time. Uh, There was like Club Chrome. Oh God, Uh, yeah, Chrome was great. (laughs) So it's kind of cool because like I bounced around so much. Usually, I feel like if you were from a certain area, you kind of only knew like those all ages and local venues just in your spot but like i bounced around so i had friends in like different areas um would you say you had hoes in different area codes oh for sure dude what do you think (laughs) not on instagram though that's how you get shadow banned (laughs) no uh yeah i think because i moved so much like the camaraderie and the connection was always with like people that like the same music as me and i could always like find those people no matter where i go 
So uh, it started with like those all ages venues, then like basement shows. And back then it was mixed bills, like emo, punk, hardcore, everything together, but not uh, necessarily unified. So I was kind of into all the scenes. Like I love sky, I loved emo, hardcore, but like that wasn't really allowed <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Especially being a, a woman, like hardcore has come so far, but like I used to get thrown around in the pit and just like slammed around because men were like, I like Bane. It's like, <laughs> yeah, me too. That's why we're all here. Yeah. yeah. So it got to a, it got to a point where I would show up to a show and I would I would go up to like the biggest guy I could find and be like, hi, I'm Elena. Like, I like to go like in the pit. If you see someone like knock me down, can you help me? Like I get beat up a little. And like, usually I'm, I'm playing on the male ego in that way, where even if that guy was going to be the one to do it yeah. now, he feels like he has to protect me. And it always oh, wow. fucking worked. That's so, smart. That's really smart. <laughs> yeah. So I learned how to handle myself and yeah. like, I don't know. I enjoy it for me, not really like what everybody else was doing or thinking they had to like because it was cool. Yeah, that's wild. Did you ever go to Obsessions in North Jersey? Wasn't that like also a club club? It's, it's like a it was like a strip club. Yeah, more yeah. or less. It was like a go go club kind of thing. I drove past it the other day and I'm like, holy shit, because it's up near like Hackettstown area. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Hackettstown. Oh, so that's like uh It's like Essex County, but like closest closer to like Sussex County. Dude, don't talk about strippers. He's upset now. He left. Oh my god, Andrew. She's pacing He's around the room. He got, him. he got too worked up. <laughs> uh Andrew, you it's good? Okay, buddy. Did you get did you get scared? No, I'm fine. Why? I just oh, you, 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 you mentioned strippers and you got really uncomfortable and started well, pacing I, around. Look, I uh I'm a conservative-minded person. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to get any better when I said that I saw scary kids scaring kids at Obsessions back in the oh, day. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> that, what did that band sound like? Um, I guess... Metalcore? Yeah. I guess kind of metalcore, post-hardcore, singing, screaming, the lot. Uh, good shit, though. Still, still catchy. Uh, I think then they were named after a Cap'n Jazz song, so, you know, can't be all bad. Isn't that be, like though. a Saddle Creek band? Cap'n Jazz? Yeah, what kind of, what were they? Oh, Polyvinyl. Were they on Polyvinyl originally? Jade Tree. Come Jade on, Tree. Oh, guys. my God. I, I got to turn in my emo card. Uh, <laughs> Jade Tree seriously does. comes up way too much on this podcast. It's, it's an insane. emo nostalgia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're yeah. not we're not discussing the early works of Jane Austen here. Ooh, that'd be Although cool. Although we could, I would we love could, to. Yeah. Also well, another like also author? another screamo band name. The early works of Jane Austen. That's a perfect like scrams name for sure. All right, write it down. Yeah. The John Bonet. Remember that? <laughs> oh, I know the John Bonet. I oh man, I went to one of the craziest shows I was ever at. I don't know if I talked about this on the pod. It was at, do you guys remember Club Deep in Asbury? No. It's now like the Langosta Lounge. Oh. Uh, it was right now. on the boardwalk. It was right at the end of uh, one of the, the strips there, kind of in the middle. And 
Oh God, it was the John Bonet heavy, heavy, low, low. Oh. Number twelve looks like you, and Fear Before the March of Flames. Right when the Always Open Mouth came out, it was like that tour, and it was fucking bananas. Like I mean, John Bonet was wild. I remember John Bonet. Their second CD was one of those like predatory ones that if you put it in your computer, it would like infect your computer with malware. Stop. Oh That's yeah, there was thing. like a big there was a big lawsuit about it because I think. Oh my god, what was that band that they had the album called Phantoms? Acceptance? It, was it Acceptance? Yeah. That was one of the records. It was like Sony Music did a thing where if you put it in your computer, it like would lock your computer up and like do some crazy shit as like an anti-piracy measure. Wait, purposefully? Oh yeah. Yeah, it like installed oh, I stuff see. on your computer. Right. So yeah. that you couldn't copy that that yes, it was like of the Got like it. the ripping I was, era. I just, uh, for a second i was like who's winning here like what's <laughs> the you know it was some and there was like a huge lawsuit about it too but um but yeah i remember they i bought like the second john bonnet cd at princeton record exchange and i like could only listen to it in my car because it wouldn't go in my computer uh huh. it was very weird but yeah it, so john bonnet heavy heavy lolo insane number folks of you fantastic Fear Before the March of Flames gets on. First thing that there was like a, a, a stage light, like a, cl- a clip light. And first thing he does is unclip it from the rafter and throw it against the back wall. <laughs> first song. And then um, he's in the middle of like the second song of the set. He like hangs on a fluorescent light ballast and it just like bends in half because it's sheet metal and just shatters glass all over the stage. They cut the mic. The band keeps playing. They cut the power. The band keeps playing. <laughs> uh, and then literally like someone from security tries to wrestle the microphone out of the singer's hand and the singer pushes him off stage. <laughs> and then security swarm the stage. Uh, one of the security guards got like tackled over the drum set. Their tour manager came from the back room and literally like speared one of the security guards off the side of the stage. They had to call in extra security from across the street at um, Stone Pony. And I, I only ever got to see two and a half songs of Fear Before the March of Flames. Like ever. So it was wild. I would compare I would compare that kid to like a hyper seven year old on too much sugar. And like Ritalin, yeah. Because I, I, I did meet him once, and I, the the memory I have was like, who are you talking about? Again? Myself and the singer of Fear Before the March of Flames. I don't remember his name or anything. I just remember being burrowed in like a wall okay. that he somehow found like a tunnel inside a wall, and me, him, and another guy were like drinking alcohol in it before the show. <laughs> we had to crawl like wait like where, army crawl into this hole that he found where was this and he didn't want to sh- are you allowed I to tell say us it might have <laughs> i don't remember i i want to say it might have been like crossroads oh for you Maybe. what i don't it was somewhere in jersey i just remember like that's wacky. that happening being that's like really that guy's kind of wild he's just like he was just all over the place yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, it was a wacky show, and then and then Club Deep got shut down because that was the venue where the kid got curb stomped out front <laughs> for wearing a Pantera shirt. Mm. Fun times, <laughs> Jersey strong. He didn't uh, make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, what a time the John Bonet. So turnstile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a hard pivot. I was uh, trying to. I was trying to ease into it, and I failed. Sorry. Okay. So turnstile, <laughs> your neighbors in Baltimore. Yeah, sure. yeah. Live right around the live right around the corner. I had no idea until <laughs> until I heard it in a nose game. I was well, like, what was what was very funny is, uh, you messaged me I think last night, and you were like, "These don't. This doesn't sound like an East Coast band. Sounds like West Coast hardcore to me." And then I was like, jokingly, I said, "It sounds like they're from Maryland." And you asked, how big is that sample size? And I said, Animal Collective, Beach House, Clutch, Masakine, Lungfish, Trapped Under Ice. And then I was like, actually, they do kind of sound like all of those things at the same time. And it makes it like makes sense in kind of like a doing your research backwards conspiracy theory sort of way. You know? Hmm. <laughs> well, many of them were in Trapped Under Ice. Yeah. So that's that. The reason I chose the record, I, I didn't know uh about them at all until time and space came out and i had gone to like a couple hardcore shows with this guy from uh fuck where is he from like the dc area my friend dave uh just to show buddy um (laughs) and he was like yo what's your address i gotta send you this record like i haven't gone to a show with this guy in like seven years or some shit but we get along on music really well. So I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, I have an extra. You got to hear it. And I was like, whoa, like, what is this? And so like, I go to a show. And at this time, I'm kind of like in a weird crossroads where I've been going to shows my whole life. It's like my greatest joy and release. And there's so much music and there's so much I get into. But like certain scenes that I love the most were becoming like really disheartening for me. It was sort of like we went through this whole cycle of post-hardcore, you know, New York hardcore being like a combative place for a chick to be, to it being fun and cool. And then more girls are into it. And now it's fine to then like plummeting back to like being kind of shitty and then people getting older and feeling jaded and like things feeling super just sad and old and stale and i was sort of like man like i don't know i don't know if i really feel like going to a show this week or i don't know it's starting to get kind of like oh my god what am i gonna do and uh then i get this record and i'm like holy shit what is this and then through them bringing on bands like european style where you'll have like a shoegaze band, you'll have a straight up emo band and a hardcore band all on a bill, that kind of thing I grew up with, like seeing that again and getting Mm -hmm. exposed to like so many of these new bands, especially like after the shutdown, people got either super stale or super creative. And it just opened me up to like loving this shit again and getting so stoked on music again and always having something new to discover and then just the environment at these shows being so positive and just being around like a better community of people than I was before 
And being able to like not be judged for being older, like respected for that and like where you've been and the things you saw, like people care about that. So I don't know. It's kind of like revived my love again and I'm just having like a blast. So also like Turnstile themselves on fucking real, like the music influences they have, it's just all over the board. If you listen to like Step to the Rhythm, you're going to get a whole different take on what you think it sounds like than Glow On. But it's a band that like fearlessly evolves every record. And in my opinion, every record is super solid. Um, And also like every side project they do, I'll get super into like Diamond Youth. Do you know that band? Since you're from Maryland, the original members were the members of Turnstile. Oh, I didn't know that. I never never knew that either. Diamond Youth is a band I need to revisit because i've had a couple of people like recently i think it was a former guest friend of the pod mitchell uh who was like oh you gotta you gotta go back and listen to diamond youth like they were so far ahead of their time in terms of like what music sounds like now i remember being very active at that time yeah and when that band when that when that first diamond record came where was that an ep before they went with diamond youth i have no idea whatever it was people were losing their shit over it like this is gonna be the new like this band is gonna go like what? Ma- like super household name. What was the record that was like all orange? Uh, I don't. I, I think that was an e- I think that was an EP. So when I first got into them, someone that was like, "Oh, you like Turnstile? Like, have you heard this?" And I tried to find it on Spotify. It was only like the one record, mm-hmm. and now that orange record's on there. Oh, it's actually and called it's, Orange. It's just called Orange. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's uh, called Diamond, and then sometimes it's Diamond Youth. I want to know what happened. They got sued. But, like, what happened to the band? Like you oh, said. What happened was, to the band? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, fucking idea. They only have um, 3,500 followers, like, listens, uh, listeners on Spotify. That's wild. It they were seemed so big. Like, who did that record run for cover? I think so. Run for cover top shelf. It was like, you know, I don't know. I I, I have no idea what happened. It was everywhere and then it was gone. Yeah. Uh, I feel like as soon as that faded out, then like Sea Haven was kind of the, this is going to be the the biggest band. And then that fizzled too. Sea Haven still got some fans though. I think they recently went on tour and I knew there were a lot of people who were very, very pumped. Oh, yeah. So Yeah. yeah, Brendan. Was he the singer for Diamond Youth as well? No. Oh, what do you, what do you uh, play? So he in Diamond plays Youth? drums. He plays bass. He plays piano. He plays like everything. So he was the like, drummer tra- in trapped, trapped under, under ice, ice he, right? Right. Yeah. He was a drummer for that. Uh, oh, Angel Dust. I think he was playing bass. Okay. So also, Angel Dust is another like side with, project with Justice, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're still going, but he just had to replace everybody that you know, was in turnstile because they're yeah. on some different shit. I don't even think I don't think anybody saw that coming, but no. But you, also- you know what's crazy? Even the people who like like my friend Jake does like front of house for them. Um and like we were supposed to do an episode of the podcast. What was that? Like, oh, week like early four or so, early, like, early really yeah. early on. And uh and we like missed this really short window, and then he went on tour and like just never came back. 
he was like, <laughs> and, like stuff just kept getting added and added and added. And it was like watching all that, like them have the time of their lives on Instagram, like just so fun. Like, I'm so glad that that's an opportunity for that people have. Yeah, yeah. People that grew up together, like mm-hmm. since they were like little kids playing in a cul-de-sac, like right. it, it shows and it resonates and it goes to show that like, that's the type of formula for mm-hmm. a successful band. And it's so hard to get. Mm-hmm. Are you guys trapped under ice fans? No. Yeah. I, I like it. The, uh, I'm a very late to the table trapped under ice fan. It might be like the, them and diamond youth might be fun. Like circling back episodes. You got to remember that. But, um, I like recently in the last like five years got into big kiss. Good night. And it's such a good hardcore record. It's so yeah. much fun. And I remember I saw them a couple times in like Massachusetts when I was living up there. Like before I was into them and I'm like, oh shit, like I missed out like seeing them in like a real way, you know? Such a to bummer. To me, that, that goon mentality that was in hardcore was like kind of cool in some respects when we think about like roots New York hardcore bands. Yeah, that stuff's cool. Like sick of it all agnostic front. But when we take the goon mentality out of it and put heart instead, yeah. it just like it's just so much more listenable and mm-hmm. it resonates and it's going to last longer. I think that these these newer bands are not that they're really newer, but just in general um, in these genres are doing it to last. Like what's behind it isn't really like aggressive. It's more like, hey, we're all on the same page. We're all going through the same thing. It's not just my yeah. neighborhood in Queens and blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it doesn't have that like you, chip on its shoulder. Yeah. But the, but the lyrics are, I, I made that connection today when I was reading the lyrics while, you know, listening and like the lyrics are very, like you could put those in a mad ball song and it wouldn't be weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, like it's the same mentality, which is great that like that message endures self-reliance and you know all that stuff and there definitely are those messages in hardcore and that's why like those roots bands we all like love and Mm. that's why we're in into it but it did kind of mutate into something else sure so (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting that they're the ones who kind of broke through like in a huge way right now like they're probably the biggest like alternative band on the planet at the moment you know who saw Um, that coming i know but like it also makes sense because they've done a lot of things that kind of branch them out beyond their initial audience like of what would because like hardcore can be so insular and uh i mean even a lot of like what was happening when we were growing up with the idea of like selling out like that has been like kind of long dissolved in most other punk adjacent genres like hardcore still is very like integrity focused and i think or like a very singular definition of integrity focused. yeah yeah but there's and no I think, there's no loss of integrity for 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 getting a check you know yeah, what i mean yeah but i think i think turnstile really were able to branch out beyond because they're like not afraid to just like try different stuff or like get interesting collaborators like on this record they had like diplo he does like the weird electronic glitchy part on uh right to be 
Mm-hmm. And like that's crazy to have Diplo on a hardcore record, you know, like or even the fact that he was like a fan to do it, you know, like the fact that Diplo knows who Turnstile is is fucking bananas. And then uh they I think also on Moon on this album they had the the singer Sheermag do some vocals, which I guess is like less you know Moon was the last record. No, Moon was on this. Moon's on time and space. Yeah, we listen to Time and Space. Oh, uh, Glow On's the newest record. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm oh, saying so Dip- you... no, Diplo what, did a song on this record. Like oh, he, on, on Time and Space? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, which is wacky. Like he, they, yeah, like, it's even sent like early, song early he, days-ish. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and, and on Moon, they had, uh, yeah, they have uh, the singer Sheer Mag, which is cool. It's, like, still punk adjacent, but, like, still kind of differing worlds. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on, the, on Glow On, they had fucking Blood Orange, like, do guest spots on it, which is, like, insane. Like, totally different area of the music world. And to, like, bridge these gaps, I think it opens it up to a lot of cool new people and a lot of new audience members. And uh, just the fact that they're taking something that is kind of paint-by-number in a lot of ways. And, like, I guess to continue with that metaphor, like, coloring way outside the lines, you know? Um, Dan, can I tell you somebody who did not like this record? Was it you? No. Okay. Um... Pitchfork? I read today. I went to look at the pitchfork. Oh yeah, for this the pitchfork is hilarious. I really, I really wanted to know, and everything that you've just said is a positive. Was everything the pitchfork yeah. said is <laughs> yeah, a yeah. negative? Oh yeah, it got a um, five fact, point one four, point, right? Yeah, I think at one point they do say the 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 actual phrase "paint by numbers," like you. Wow. Did. So, but like as a as a negative, did um, did you see what they rated Glow on? Yeah, it's like an eight point eight point four best new music. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> you have to wonder who's uh, greasing those wheels because, like, uh, up to a certain point, Turnstile had control over like their music and what and the distribution and stuff like that. So sometimes I wonder when bands get bigger and they're getting reviewed by people who's. Who who gets the incentive if they say something nice? Yeah, right. well, well, I, well, this was time the, and space the major label de- debut. Or it was, was this yeah. The time one? and space was, but yeah, I, I it's so they're Roadrunner, right? I believe, well, yeah, uh, which is Warner. But even then, it was like the so if you went so if you were gonna discover them at that point before Glow On, uh, you would have heard more of their like raw hardcore. Gorilla Biscuit style stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what your music discovery would have been about them. So to like rate that a five and then rate glow on an eight is a little, like a little confusing to me. Yeah, well, I should also say uh it also that, just shows like that every the culture had to catch up with them. Yeah. Also, well, that's well, also like, true. Think and about an eight. What's what's an eight rating? Rate, I mean, eight point like, four is even beyond an eight. There, there's a joke that like all emo records get like like eights on pitchfork but never best new music um but also it it should be said and this does make a difference ian cohen wrote the glow on uh pitchfork review so uh for people who follow that know know the difference who wrote the time and space one sam Sam. lefebvre 
there's a bunch of consonants that don't go together at the end of that name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, Ian Cohen is very, I mean, he understands that world a little better than most people, I think, at least people at Pitchfork, as far as I know. So that might constitute, I don't think the people who write the reviews give the ratings, though. I think it's kind of like a thing like in newspapers where the headlines are written by someone who writes the headlines and not the mm. articles. Um, Wait, so you're saying like, is somebody not involved with the writing process? I doing think someone the told numerical? me that once. Or is it by committee? I think the I think the ratings maybe by know? committee. Who do they're we know not solely by the article writer. Pitchfork. Who do we know? Pitchfork. We got to get Ian Cohen on the pod. We got to get hit him up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Gives us that time for us. Um, so, Andrew, did you listen a, um, to anything? You're a stylist, I understand. <laughs> He's like, let's not talk about turnstile anymore. No, 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 I'm getting there. Uh, you... We're going to circle back. Yes, I'm a hairstylist. Like, do you do much like clothing styling at all? No, just on like my own shoots. Sometimes I'll style myself, but. Mm. You do hair and makeup mostly in the styling world, correct? Yeah, I mean, mostly hair. Ma- you, had a, you had an article written about you in Business Insider that I've been trying to read for months, but it's behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying. I went no, to do my research don't. today, and I was Hell like... Hell no. So I, I, I did have a nice person send me this like non-encrypted version, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like edited like the final edit of it. So I'm I, at this point, I'm just going to screenshot it and post it like that. If anybody wants to read it, I, but I love that. Even you don't have access to behind the paywall of the article of yourself. Dude, I had to pay the fucking dollar. Oh like, my God. Pay a dollar and then pay the subscription after that. I was Jesus. like, Yo, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all that being said, let me ask you a question. Someone told me, Turnstile, that's bucket hat hardcore. Can you explain to me what bucket <laughs> yeah. hat hardcore means? Okay. Uh, I think that their merch kind of also crossed a line that hardcore never really crossed, where it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the merch table and I'm going to see like the same style of t shirt. And it's all going to be men's t-shirts and maybe we'll get like a CD or some shit, but they marketed themselves in a way where, you know, they're printing different types of clothing. So Mm. almost like in a fashion-y sense, but um, it sort of caught on and then other bands were kind of doing the same thing and then merch became more interesting. So you could, go see a band and they didn't have to have a lot of money. Like a lot of these bands are just like printing it themselves. Like that band Koyo before they, now they're blowing up. But when they first started, they try to make this like bootleg drive through record shirt. Oh, wow. And so I go up to the merch table and like, what the fuck? Like, that's cool. It's not colored in, but I, it's black and white and I see what it is. Like, they're like, yeah, we don't want to, and we don't want to get sued. (laughs) And you know, now they're doing these big tours. I'm like, Cool. I hope they can like maybe color in that shirt now. <laughs> yeah, but, pay for yeah, pay shit. for a three color shirt instead of a one color shirt. Yeah, it's so that Richard and Stephanie can come get their. Doom. Oh my god, Richard and Stephanie! <laughs> Dude, I have not thought of this. 
There's that um, duo. Do you know them? Uh, I did back in the day. Like, would they recognize me now? Maybe. It, it doesn't feel good when I run into some of those people from that right. time. Like, <laughs> like Keith Miller. I'm just going to call that out. Like, do you guys remember that dude? No. No. Oh, he put on like, oh, well, you might not know, but like he put on mad shows in Jersey. Like he was the one responsible for, like he took White Eagle Hall when they first opened it but prior to that he was sort of like out of the picture for years because Mm. of uh i heard because of hellfest at rexplex (laughs) i don't know if you were there but i was we we talked about that uh like episode two i think of this podcast Mm. oh i missed that you did yeah yeah with, with mitchell i was not there i was supposed to go the year after when it was in trenton and then they couldn't secure a large enough insurance policy to have the show and it got canceled like five days out but yeah imagine uh, being the adjuster who has to look at hell fast <laughs> um or who tipped them off on what the rex flex was like the year before so uh, mean, uh yeah let's expand on that because i actually i want uh, i don't know if we've had anyone who had boots on the ground at the elizabeth rex flex oh, yeah. like was it 2004 <laughs> Hellfest or was it 2005 it might have been 2000 uh that was 2004 or 2005 okay. i want okay. to say 2004 okay. so i was just in california for sound and fury oh, and nice. i was hanging out with a couple a couple guys that are like 27 ish and i was trying to describe hellfest to them and it just wasn't working and we found a video on youtube and it was like it was almost like I was trying to describe it to them. Like, yeah, you know, like a Chinese star got thrown into a chick skull and these pitbulls got released into the, the audience and people were cracking each other over the head with like fluorescent, fluorescent light bulbs. Light tubes, yeah. it's, it sounded like I was fucking lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, a guy jumped from the fucking like balcony at Dillinger and like broke his back or whatever. And it just sounded chaotic, right? Because it yeah. was. And someone must have had a camcorder back in the day and like had it recorded and with uh, parts of it were on youtube the bad luck 13 set oh, yeah. on the hot topic mm-hmm. stage yep. which was the last show of that event and the one thing i knew was like the only reputation that band had was to create an actual riot yeah absolutely. so i was like hey i'm gonna hang out by the curtains in the back and just mm. like watch this go down they flipped <laughs> over fucking bleachers lit them yep. on fire like mm-hmm. it it was scary and horrifying people were running screaming like it was nuts but it was so negligent and I- i'm glad someone got a piece of it because it's like you'll the the tear gas going off like a couple years later i was at a skate shop in delaware smoking cigarettes on a stoop and like this guy comes up he's super friendly we start talking, go out that night, meet another friend of his, still friends with Tim, one of the nicest guys ever. All the guy wanted to talk about was like weed and kittens and wine. Hmm. And both those dudes were in the band. Oh my and God. I was like, oh, you play music? What band were you in? They're like, Bad Luck 13. I was like, <laughs> y'all did time then. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> you're two of the nicest people I ever met. Like, how the fuck? Well, it's really weird now because Bad Luck 13 is like back. Back, yeah. And it's it's so weird because they're 
trying to recreate that chaos but in a safe way and it just does not translate like no they're still doing like backyard wrestling style stuff on stage but like they're throwing those little like poppers into the audience now instead of like m80s (laughs) and roman candles and they're they're like oh god i think i saw a video of them like people were hitting each other in the pit with like like pool noodles And I'm like, oh god, it's so. You mean it's not bats on the dance floor anymore. No, no. Mm. <sighs> yeah, it's not really shock rock. No, not any. <laughs> that was such a unique time. Like, I remember like the news story of them like getting shut down from playing like an abandoned warehouse in Philly, like in Kensington, and like they like searched someone's car and they had like pipe bombs and shit like, yeah, it's no and it's joke. like it was like it was on the news all in Philly like multiple times like. God, that's back when now now hardcore is all about bucket hats and you know being yourself. You could never; <laughs> those bands could never exist now. I mean, I feel like there it varies. I mean, do you guys remember the band Youngin' in the Way? The no. like southern no. kind of grindy, crusty band. Uh, they literally would play shows where they would throw pig's blood on everybody. And it, like, got venues shut down, and it was, like, shocking. I mean, same, like, the band, like, Watain or whatever. Like, the same satanic, whether it's LARPing or whatever. But, like, it still exists. It's just, that was such a specific time of, like, pure anarchy. Like, go back and, like, uh, ever all our listeners, go back and listen to, like, episode two. Or even, like, go back and find it on our Instagram. I posted clips of, like, some of the, the bad luck performances we were talking about. And it's just... It's wild. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't think I ever saw them live, but I was like in the era where those videos were being passed around. I actually found on YouTube, they have, I think, one of the two Bad Luck 13 DVDs that they put out. And these were like widely distributed DVDs of like them, you know, playing someone's basement and like people getting thrown through walls and shit, you know? Yeah. But it was like it was being sold similar to like those weird special interest DVDs, you know, like they were selling that DVD next to like bum fights and shit and CKY back then. Like it was that era. Face I think there, there's there. Did you say faces of death? Faces of death. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's something to be said for like allowing that stuff into music, because mm-hmm. if I think about shock rock bands that like i knew what to expect right so i knew to not go right up front i knew to stand in the back like if something happened to me like that was on me what's funny is like the genres and the bands that get those reputations of like oh they're fucking crazy and they're like nicest guys never heard a fly like in real life but but they're fans like that's (laughs) where they let loose oh well that's also true Uh, or like stage persona Or like the dwarves, the dwarves talk about like one of my favorite bands, like talks about pedophilia and like really, really taboo, raunchy shit, but nicest guys, (laughs) we never heard a fly, but we have to sit there and think like, oh, well, who were the predators? They were the ones in like the fucking emo bands, (laughs) like the nice guys, (laughs) I mean, not you two, but you know, (laughs) But the but the band's posing as like being lovely and wonderful because it was like one or the other. You were either like 
putting on a crazy show and being a psychopath or you're perfect angel and you're handsome. So no one expects anything bad to happen. It's true. I mean, I would never think anal cunt would ever do something the front porch step would do. (laughs) I think anal (laughs) cunt had their own problems though. Did they? Or I think of, yeah, anal cunt, I think, I don't know. I think there was some shit against the lead singer. Did you know the lead Mm. singer died on an escalator? Oh, so you can say whatever you want about him. He's dead. Yeah. It's true. Uh, <laughs> the estate of the singer of Anal Cunt, please don't come after us. But no, he, Wait, he, he died uh, on an escalator? Apparently, like, there was like it's dark. Some like an escalator collapsed in like a mall in Canada or something, and he died. Shit is hilarious, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so nerd. Back to Turnstile real quick. Uh-huh, just for a second. I love how we keep circling back to them somehow. I mean, that's how this podcast works. Um, We never got our answer about bucket hats, though. I I mean, they look terrible on me. I I would never buy one. Same. That's all I needed. Yeah, I think, I don't know, but I think, like, Hardcore has kind of played with that idea of, like, unconventional not not necessarily unconventional merch but like unconventional imagery i mean like a great example is like the band give had like the flower logo with the g in it for years and like that like i i think i like their merch better than i like their music you know and uh was it gulch uh this is a more recent example gulch like put out a a hoodie with like sanrio characters and it was like the the hottest selling sweatshirt of like all time. And so it's like people are kind of, yeah, like kind of getting away. Like it's, I guess it's kind of ironic to put Sanrio characters on a gold shirt, but what's Sanrio? What is that? Sanrio is like the, the company that made like hello kitty and like all those little animal characters. Oh, those yeah. little fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's just like, I mean, so, Andrew, have you listened to any Turnstile stuff? Because you're you were more unfamiliar. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a Turnstile fan personally, um, but you you didn't really have too much experience with their catalog, right? No, yeah, I listened to Glow on like for the first time when it came out. I think that was the first time I ever listened to them. Okay, yeah. So, like their first two EPs, um, definitely like like Elena said more hardcore influence like more directly hardcore influence like they have a song death mm-hmm. grip that's like a total like hurt emo hardcore song about like a woman breaking his heart and like cheating on him uh but then i think oh, what's the song in the next record like seven i think is the name of the song and it kind of you get more of that spacey guitar flangey kind of music that there's love love lasso yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Which is like, kind of like, hey, we're putting out this record and we're putting this song on it. I don't really care what you think. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, I mean, I got into them kind of around that time. And like then when Nonstop Feeling came out, I was like fully on board. Because it, it's like a perfect summer record in the sense that like it truly felt like a mixture of like Rage Against the Machine and 311, you know, <laughs> like unapologetically. And I think that was something that was, uh, people either loved it or they hated it. And the people that hated it, like, absolutely hated it. Like, thought it was 
the bane of like hardcore pun intended bane of hardcore's existence you know i was gonna say Um, but it's such a fun record and you know like they kind of balance out the the poppiness while still being like heavy and then they like have that like blue bayou like that song like just fucking is like a super quick ripper and i gotta say time and space actually is the record i listen to the least it like kind of fell in a blind spot for me and it's i've noticed it happens with bands a lot with me where i get really into the first record and kind of fall off for the second and then get back on again for the third for whatever reason like the same thing happened with me in foxing love the first foxing record and then I don't really listen to Dealer that much. And then was back on board. I don't know board. that band. What is that? Boxing? Yeah. Oh, they're like huge now. It's, it's wild. Are you boxing or boxing? Boxing. Ah. The, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're, I mean, their new record is really fucking good. They're, they're another band that is like kind of started in the more traditional emo post-hardcore kind of world. And then have branched out into doing like really interesting stuff like on the new record, like they had like Y do some like backing vocals on one of the songs and like reaching out to people that wouldn't be normally associated with the music they're making. Oh, kinda like turnstile. Kinda like turnstile, as I was exactly saying. Yeah, but um, is that the case or do we hear like the voices the loudest that are like the jealous ones, the complainers, the ones that are like very narrow minded in their music taste i think anyone that's like open-minded and has a lot of different influences could appreciate what what they do and the people that we hear are like the ones that aren't truly that creative so it like pisses them off oh yeah i mean it's very fair to say that any turnstile haters have been like long left in the dust at this point Mm. you know uh but this record kind of fell in that blind spot for me where i like listened to it and it came out but it's not the one i like go i would go back to nonstop feeling a lot more right and then when glow on came out like again like i picked it up and like that stuck with me but listening to it for this podcast you know time and space like it is a great transitionary record. Like you do notice that step mm-hmm. from nonstop feeling to this to glow on. And it's like, it's a natural progression. Well, I chose it because it, the question or like the record you're supposed to bring is to the table is like the one that had a big impact on you. Yeah. Right. Like I think not this the is most the, impact, but a big impact. I think this is so, the newest record people have brought on this podcast so far in terms of like, most recent release and i knew that was risky it's like yeah i could bring on some obscure shit that i like and be like look how fucking knowledgeable i am (laughs) to me i want to answer the question which is like if i think about especially most recently the most impactful record it was this one because it got me going to shows again it got me like in love again with all of it and like a sellout to me is a band that changes like what they want to do uh has to tour with bands they don't want to tour with uh alienates their original audience they always play like old songs they always bring on homies from maryland like they put on bands that are doing nothing that nobody knows they bring them on so everyone can hear them like they're using their their celebrity and like what's happening to them for good they're spreading like the thing i love the most to everybody like 
like nobody has before. There is nothing more impactful than that music wise for me in the last, I don't know, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was listening to an older episode of Axe to Grind recently where they're describing Turnstile doing exactly like what you just said is like they're still like very beholden to the hardcore community and like very adamant about putting on newer bands and bringing on bands in that world to expose them to a wider audience. And they're saying it was kind of similar to like what Title Fight did when Title Fight was blowing up, like bringing on younger bands had like a deep knowledge of the music they were playing, even though they were playing like outside of that at, you know, later on their career, but still bringing up people from the scene. I think that's super important, you know, like to have control over that and then to use it to bring like, you know, kind of like a rising tide lifts all boats situation. Like Mm -hmm. we're going to use this platform now to get like other bands, their moment as well. And I think that's fucking awesome. It's less about bringing bands to sell tickets and more about bringing bands to like curate the vibe of the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's awesome. And, and, uh, even what Elena was saying about like the mixed bills of like our youth, you know, are coming back in a way that like you can have all these different bands who all have the same kind of ethos and are there for the same reasons, but sound different or have different influences. And I think that's something that's like really cool. I I was trying to think about like, I remember that happening a lot at local shows. Oh yeah. Because it was like, there was a limited pool of bands available in a specific area. You know, it was like almost like a necessity thing. I don't remember that happening like above that. Oh, I I mean, there was definitely, I think I told about it when, uh, when Evan Weiss was on the pod, like that show I saw of hit with, he was playing with Pet Symmetry, uh, Tyler Daniel Bean, and I think, oh God, was it Dowsing, I think maybe? And then it was also Loma Prieta, Fucking Invincible, and Full of Hell, all on the same bill at uh, Siren yeah, Records. Yeah, but that's, that's because the show fell through. Yeah, I'm saying, but like... it's still, still fucking wild, you know? Sure. But it wasn't intended to be wild. Just happened. I mean, I'm saying happened. the intentionality of it. Mm. And, uh, like, another thing that's also coming back around is, like, hardcore matinees. Oh, oh really? Man, I love a good matinee show. I and, love not being uh, out late. Juggalos. Juggalos? You heard me. <laughs> They're back? They're back. <laughs> I think uh Jeff uh Jeff from Run for Cover is uh supposed to come on at some point in the future and he wanted to talk about the great Malenko. The ICP Will record. Well, I him handle that, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just I think I, you, I think I vetoed it. I don't know. I don't want to have to listen to that. I think I vetoed it, and he chose a much more democratic choice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so tell me more about the Juggalos returning, because that's something I have no, no frame of reference for. Listen, I was as taken back as anyone else. I'm at this hardcore matinee in, in Queens, uh, the Knockdown Center. Okay. And uh, they this uh, guy, Corpus, puts it on. I don't know if that's like his... Obviously, it's not his birth name or if that's like his company's name. But uh, anyway, put together this hardcore matinee and it had like. It was just a mixed bill. It was like military guns, soul glow, like. Oh, shit. All these like DJs and uh, I don't even know what fucking genres some of this stuff was. And it wasn't totally my thing, but I enjoyed the chaotic vibe where it was just kind of like. 
no one was like hating on anything else everyone was just hanging out and yeah. there was a lot of different shit going on but uh the most different shit was seeing juggalettes wow i saw three and then i said wow maybe th- maybe i'm mistaken maybe this <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a fluke <laughs> maybe- yeah maybe I- there's some pop culture reference i don't know so then i go to la like two weeks ago and i have a friend she's like 25 and uh she said, I don't know if I'm going to be in town when you get here. I'm going, I want to go to the gathering. <laughs> I said, I said, honey, I said, you're Mexican. You can't go to the gathering, babe. Like you're, you can't go to Ohio. You can't go there. Like you and all your cholos and cholitas cannot fucking go there. She's like, why not? I said, it's not like going to be that friendly necessarily of a group of people. See that that I think I disagree with because I think people say that, but let's not forget all of all the music followings, like the Juggalo community is the most accepting. Yeah, no, they're not. fucking not. Yeah, yeah, they're not. And no, <laughs> at they're least they're say that they do. They're accepting of themselves. <laughs> I like, don't know. We want more Bingo. white. We want more white weirdos. They don't want anything else. I mean, I mean, I, I don't have a great frame of reference for the desires of jugglers. We, we but, might have to get on, but I uh, see a lot of overlap with uh, culturally things that don't align with like, hey, everybody, come on in. <laughs> I we have to get friend of the pod Nick Carp to come on. I think because he is someone who unironically is an ICP fan. We won't let him talk about a record, but we'll let him give us the scene report because I think he's been the gathering a few times. But he would be some boots on the ground in that in that world more so than the three of us. Well, but, apparently I mouthed off once and I said something disrespectful to the Juggalos. Some roommate I had years and years ago had this band staying at her house. Whatever. I come home from work. Fine. These guys are here. It's being nice to them. I crack in a joke about like a friend I have with a hatchet man tattoo on her foot. And she was like a hot mess. So I was just kind of like, yeah, well, what do you want? She likes ICP. Like, she's nuts. Like, what do you think? She's going to be normal. (laughs) And uh, this guy that was part of this band, Bear versus Shark, I'm just going to say it. Oh, shit. I don't know if he was like an original member or just filling in. I have no idea. But this one particular gentleman did not like my comment. (laughs) And to the point where I was in... I could have been in some trouble, and eventually they all just left. I mean, it got he, confrontational. He's like, "I was the drummer of ICP for ten years. Fuck you!" And I was oh like, "Oh, you know what? You just can't disrespect Detroit like that." That's, I think that that's yeah. what we've discovered tonight. Um, I used to. This is I'm a. You know what? I'm going to tell you this off pod. I don't think I want the world. Oh knowing. no no no! I don't think I want the world knowing what I think is funny. Um, <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on uh, on I feel like we on? didn't talk about the record at all. Uh, uh, well, space. does anyone have uh, standout tracks from this record? What are sure. what are your faves? I gotta say, I, mean, I, I, love, I, I love the guitar on this record. I love the guitar of Thurnstyle in general. I love that they're bringing back like the phaser pedal and the flanger <laughs> on their stuff, and I love that like some of their guitar solos sound like they're from like cruising usa you know oh what song is that where the riff ends and it sounds like the riff from surfing usa what surfing usa like are you guys serious song? are you both trying to say like the same thing 
No. <laughs> oh. Hold on. What what song on this record is that? I think that uh Daniel Fang is one of the best drummers out right now. I think the the drumming on all the records is like out of control. It's the heartbeat of turnstile. Like yeah. he's nuts. I, I think they're probably making some of the most fun music out right now as well. Like it's just I, I've never been to a turnstile show, which is a crime, but uh it just sounds it just feels like just so much fun. Like I remember I watched some of the I think Hate Five Six did the like glow on record release show. Oh and it looked, my god, so I drive by that band shell all the time here. Oh really? Yeah, it's just like in a field. Really? Yeah, in a in a public park that uh that has a public golf course at one end has a band shell, and that's what they played in. That's nuts. Yeah, that's I really cool. missed out on that. Yeah, for real. I think I played golf that day. <laughs> what if you didn't know they were playing and you were on the golf course and oh, they started man. and you like heard it from across the field? I'd have been like, What's this what's this punk bullshit? Yeah, sick. I'm trying to do a four yeah. or whatever you call it. Yeah, I'm trying to do a fourth. Is that what is that good? Sounds good. Um, I probably did a seven. Um, yeah, Andrew, what's your handicap? I don't even. I mental, I don't mental? golf enough to even know what that means. Oh, uh, yeah. So standout tracks. What What are y'all thinking? Man, I want to. Tr- truly, I feel that it's just a solid, solid ass record. I, I do love that it's under 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I gotta say, <laughs> yes. I don't know that I could pick out. I think I think all the songs on this record have a place and like even the the like instrumental and like the little sket sket the sketch one. The jazzy uh, stuff. The bomb bomb, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, apparently the like, woman who did that is like she was a backup singer for Lauren Hill who did that. Oh really? Tanika I didn't know something that. or other, yeah really really cool again it's like they're pulling like people from all over the place you know yeah uh really, and like really bringing cool. up the community which is awesome like the talented I, people that might not really get a shot yeah i love um i don't want to be blind i think that's just like shred super super hard but i also love at the end the last song well the song time and space they do a thing where it's like this is very technical guitar terms, but they're doing like harmonics, but the kind where you just like, like fret harmonics, finger harmonics. What would you call that? Andrew? You're more of a guitar player than me. How does it sound? No Do the sound with your mouth. <laughs> it's like, it, it's the sound of them like playing a chord and then just lifting their fingers off the fretboard, but still hitting the strings. So it's not like a palm mute, but it has like a harmonic kind of hmm. sound to it. I don't know. Do Listen you see to the, the end of music, time and space. Music video for I don't want to be blind. It's just a swinging like pendant on a on a necklace, right? No, isn't it uh, the one where they put the smoke bombs off in the car? Oh, I don't know if I saw that one. I might have like the one I saw might have just been like the official fan- audio. Were you on Vimeo? Is that- <laughs> I might have been on Vimeo. Yeah, I had just- a secret password and all that shit. Yeah, it was a staff pick, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of Moon, where they have the uh, the bass player singing? Yeah. He has such an incredible voice, and yeah. when you see that live, like you, so on the new record, uh, Glow On, 
Uh, you got to see it live. I feel like they have that song because you truly have to see Turnstile live to like get a reference for any and all of the songs. Like mm-hmm. when they play Moon, it's like everyone's coming off the heels of being like insanely charged up with like just energy. And then they play this song and everyone kind of like switches around what they're doing and friends is singing and it's it's so sick and calming and lovely. And I just love how they they put that dichotomy of life in their records where every record has a song where you're like, okay, life's not always like that. Sometimes did, you can just chill and like did, we can bring you to that place. Did he also sing uh Blue Bayou on the on on Not Stop Feeling? I don't think so because I think he was brought in later than that, but I'm not positive. Okay. I think cuz I think it's got different vocals on that song as well and I think it might be the bassist on that song. Cuz it's again it's like a standout. Yeah, I know he was brought on later. Uh like he wasn't one of the original guys, but gotcha. I don't really know his, exactly His when. voice is really good though. Yeah, and I just his bass playing it's like he's a acrobat too it's crazy to watch that guy you're just like are you flying are are you flying because he's he's the the one on the cover of this record right who's like upside down stage diving like doing a flip into the crowd that's well you know there's something to be said for that too the like athleticism almost behind it and like treating your body right and taking care of yourself instead of like drinking and doing coke and being like a fuck up was sort of the ethos of where hardcore was going, in my opinion, um, and the type of hardcore I'm talking about, where they took that and it made it like a healthy thing. Yeah. Like you can do good for yourself, you could do good for your community, and we're not just saying you can do that. Like we're showing you. But like does, we're ta- Do you think that's a generational thing? I have no idea how old these guys are, but I assume not thirty yet. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Brandon might be like thirty now. Let me see. I think I feel like they're yeah like probably closer to our age than you'd think just because they've been in I, so many bands before you know what I mean like this is like a lot of these people's like fourth band you know right yeah I just I feel like I don't know maybe because Trapped Under Ice older. was a band for a long time right Trapped Under Ice I forget that he was in that band um, just feel like I just feel like kids are are better people now um. Yeah, oh. or not. <laughs> I just googled Brendan Yates Turnstile age, and it like auto corrected. Yeah, it's, he's thirty four, so he's my age. Oh. No, he's not thirty four. Th- that's what showbizcorner.com dot com is telling me. He's not, uh, I mean, he's not thirty four. I'm thirty six, and I know he's not thirty four. I don't know. He can't. He can't be. But I he mean, does name he, like. I think he could be. No offense to him, but he looks like he could be 34. I mean, I just remember when I first asked him how old he was, and he was a lot younger than me. Interesting. Unless he's a liar, and now we just hate all... You know, scrap it. We're doing a new record. It's not going to be the turnstile record. <laughs> They're liars. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I could have gotten it wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't but, know. I feel know, like 34 makes sense just because of like the amount of work he's done before. He, you know? he does name like hot water music and oh he's uh, definitely prodigy. 34 then. <laughs> yeah no and, one and under 30 is listening like, to hot water music in earnest but the but these guys were playing together since they were nine though so their their music discovery and what they had access to was a lot 
more than I had at nine. Yeah. I guess that makes so sense. I don't know. We'll have to find out. What's the turnstile famous birthdays have to say? Uh, it does not say. Famous birthdays letting me down. But I mean, I showbiz corner is just like a, you know, that's a, an institution news. Uh, oh, so it's like pretty legit. <laughs> no, not at all. But <laughs> they're the only ones with an answer. So yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyone, uh, you know, familiar with the, with the turnstile crowd, you know, the crew um, release those birthdays. TMZ will buy them off you. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's about time. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, anything else to say about this record? I think it's a good one. I think I've definitely appreciated it more listening to it for the podcast. Like a lot of stuff we've listened to in this podcast. Yeah, I would listen to this again. Yeah. Good. I, uh, okay, out of the, the three LPs, though, which which is your favorite? Me? I guess that's more of a question for myself and Elena, but... I was gonna say uh, I like this one better than Glow on. Do you? Yeah. That's interesting. No, uh, well, I the only thing I can really compare that question to of why it's difficult is like, and this is a totally different genre, but the only other band I could think of that has this type of effect, brand new. So oh, the evolution of brand new records is like they're all important but they're all very much at a time yeah, and like a feeling and a way. And if you want to go back to that, that's awesome, but it evolves with you and it grows with you. So if someone was like, I want to hear turnstile for the first time, do I think all the, everything is equally good? I do, but I would probably have them start at the beginning to get the evolution of it, but mm. everything they put out is so different. And sometimes it takes a few listens. Like there've been brand new records where when I first heard it, I'm like, I'm, I wasn't ready for it. Like I, I didn't really get it. Like Daisy. I was like, what is this? Daisy is still a then, tough listen. It's an exhausting record. Not, not for me. Yeah. No. You like it? It's like, I hated it at first. Oh. I was like, I, I mean, I hated so it. Too. I still don't like it really. Uh, I don't know. I, I really sat with it and I realized that these songs were going to take a while to kick in. There's like some contrarians out there. I think the the folks in The World's Beautiful Place were on a campaign saying that Daisy was the best brand new record. But I think there was a little bit of a contrarian aspect to that claim. But the best for me is like, I don't know, ask me in a dirt, like at a certain season, at a certain time in my life, like it'll always change which one is my favorite. So that's kind of my answer to that. What were your, what are your thoughts on science fiction? At at first I didn't like it. It was too different than what I expected. And now like it's, if you ask me right now, I would say science fiction is my favorite. Wow. Okay. Out of mana. That's like, I broke down in tears to that song before. Andrew did that when I played it in his car, too, the first time. It's true. I couldn't Seriously? Stop myself. Is it because yeah. you also like Magic the Gathering? Because uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, yeah, let's do wrap you? this one up. I did, Wait, uh, why? Uh, oh, you don't? <laughs> okay. Well, I bought... I, you know what? When I was, when I was a, uh, a youth, um, I had Magic the Gathering cards, not understanding that it was a game that you had to play with other people. Same. I knew so. it was a game, but I never learned how to play it. 
But I mean, that's right. the same with like, I bought some the, Pokemon the cards, you know. I bought like a booster, like you know, the basic pack with some booster packs, and then immediately got rid of them. Nice. The, I think uh, that was a missed opportunity. Did you guys watch uh, the Turnstile Tiny Desk? Yes. Fantastic. No. So good. Yes. I should. So so good. Yeah. Um. Huh. Yeah, I think it's it's really great. He's he's jamming on the Rhodes piano. Like, Apparently, they did that like in Daniel's house. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he has a wall of stuffed animals in his house. They made it, but <laughs> that's yeah, pretty cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's it's real. It's also like a really fun take on all the songs too. Yeah. From from go on. Well, it was really nice seeing you guys again. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. We didn't. We did like four podcasts in a row, and then you went away, and now it's back. We're back in the in the groove. It's it was a. Uh, Back in the saddle, as they say, it's great. As you can see, my sunglasses tan that I'm extremely yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable with. It's like oh, the reverse, good. the reverse raccoon. Perfect. Um, cool, Elena. Elena what, what do you, do you got have, to plug? What, what do you Where got, can people uh, find you? I thought I could get there. For you. <laughs> you will not find me because I'm fucking shadow banned. Oh yeah, type so. out the entire entire name. Well, we'll 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 tag you in the description as well. But uh, for people who want to find you the old-fashioned way, how how can they do it? 917 <laughs> <laughs> Um, What do you mean? Like, my address? Oh, yeah, what's your, what's your fucking Instagram? Do you have a website? What do you do? Oh, it's what Elena people- Maravellius, or Elena Does Hair Too. So okay. my professional profile is Elena Does Hair Too. My for shits and gigs and music hobbyist model profile is elena marvelius cool and uh yeah anything else you're pitching you're <laughs> what are you selling uh nothing man but <laughs> <laughs> nothing andrew what do you got the plug uh i do a podcast called run into the ground new episodes tuesday mornings um yeah just this the instagram run at run into the ground um the twitter at run in the number two, the ground. Uh, you can follow me personally at my sparrow called life if you like pictures of babies. So <laughs> cool. that's what I got to, that's what I have to offer you. I have a one year old now, and I got to tell you, the last, the last week of my life was really wonderful because of that. <laughs> uh, you Daniel, can follow me at Dambassini on Twitter and Instagram, dambassini.com. Uh, my latest book, No Invite Volume 8, uh, is out and available, and uh, the numbers are dwindling. I have uh, my past books available as well in limited stock, so grab them while you can. Oh, you should do the standard podcast, uh, you know, malarkey, uh, as our president would say. <laughs> <laughs> rate review subscribe tell your friends share it online get the word out it's the best way to uh to you know we love doing this we'd love to keep doing it and uh the more people listen the easier it is for us to do it but thank you for having me guys of I course thanks for coming great on time. A great time yeah oh yeah awesome and uh everyone else until next time Bye.